Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, September 17th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, the St. Louis chapter of Remember the 400 is back from Virginia. Members made the trip to honor the first African slaves brought to this country 400 years ago. 15-year-old Micah Harris admits learning about black history can be sobering, but says more Americans need to know about the past. Not just African Americans need to know about our history, but all of America needs to know the things that we've done to contribute to what is the United States today. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson speaks with members of the group about their journey and renewed determination to bring black history to more of their peers. First, the news. A new report from Forward Through Ferguson says St. Louis area police departments have not enacted enough reforms to ensure equitable treatment of all communities. Here's St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis. The organization released the state of police reform on Monday. The report examined the Ferguson Police Department, the North County Police Cooperative, and the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department between 2014 and 2019. The report concludes that the three police departments have focused on community relations, but have not done enough to ensure racial equity in the way they police communities. Karishma Furtado is a research and data strategist for Ford through Ferguson. Work is underway on most of the police reform calls to action, but the nature of that work leaves much to be desired. The efforts that are underway are largely programmatic and focused on checking the box instead of on lasting policy change. The group will hold three town halls this fall to discuss the report. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. A St. Louis alderwoman is raising new questions about whether there should be a public vote on the potential privatization of St. Louis Lambert International Airport. Alderwoman Kara Spencer says the preliminary application to the Federal Aviation Administration lists a public vote as the preferred way of granting the city lease authority. But under Mayor Lida Krusen's administration, Spencer says the city has quietly pivoted away from a potential public vote. It is really shocking to me that the underlying mechanism by which we're granting the authority to move forward has so significantly changed without a single peep to the public, the Board of Aldermen otherwise, regarding that. The mayor's appointee to the working group considering privatization, Linda Martinez, says Krusen chose to pursue a second option included in the FAA application. That process requires a vote by the Board of Aldermen and the Board of Estimate and Apportionment. Martinez made those comments during an appearance on St. Louis on the Air. The St. Louis region is about to rekindle a debate over whether to merge St. Louis and St. Louis County. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on the formation of what's known as the Board of Freeholders. The Municipal League of Metro St. Louis turned in their final signatures Monday to establish the Board of Freeholders. That 19-member body can propose a plan reorganizing St. Louis and St. Louis County and give city and county voters the final say over adopting it. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page and St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen will appoint 18 out of the 19 members of the board. Krusen says more than 100 city residents have applied over the past few months. I want a diverse board of freeholders. And when I say diverse, yes, I mean racial diversity, but I also mean age diversity, and I mean geographical diversity. The year-long planning process will begin later this year at St. Louis City Hall. 
I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Subscribe, rate, and review this daily effort wherever you get your podcasts. The St. Louis chapter of Remember the 400 is back from Hampton, Virginia, after a trip to honor the first African slaves in America. Members now say they are determined to shed light on the positive aspects of black history. Several spoke with St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson after coming back from Virginia. What you're hearing is the sound of lapping waves in the Atlantic Ocean. These are the descendants of waves that floated the slave ship carrying the first 20 or so Africans to the shores of Virginia. Naomi Blair of St. Louis recorded these currents at Point Comfort, the site where Africans were brought to America in late August 1619. But I'll let Naomi tell you her thoughts about the site. Here she is in the studio after the trip. Very emotional, but also it's like horror almost for me. And after a few minutes of self-reflection, Naomi said she felt a shift in her feelings. It's weird because it, at first, when you first get there, it's, it's gloomy almost, the emotions around it. But this is our future. We're, we're at this ground for a reason. Let's come from this place, from this past, and, and do something with it. The 20-year-old is a member of the St. Louis chapter of Remember the 400. She and about 27 other St. Louis area residents traveled by bus to Hampton a few weeks ago to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the first African slaves that reached the New World. The youth-led organization played an integral part in the city's youth and education festivities during the commemoration weekend. And during the months leading up to the August celebration, chapter members taught black history lessons in schools throughout St. Louis and discussed racial disparities at community-wide events. Now that the group is back from Hampton, the members believe the stories of the first enslaved people are not only black history, but also American history. Here's 20-year-old Sarah Blair's opinion on black history. She was also on the trip. Our black history is so vast and so rich, it has touched other histories and other cultures. So our history is kind of all connected, you know, and we can't leave out parts of it for we're leaving out a whole culture of people. In 2015, the National Museum of African American History and Culture surveyed 525 K-12 teachers across the U.S. about the state of teaching black history in public schools. Although the survey found that the educators understood that black history intertwined with American history, the teachers were only dedicating about one or two lessons of the entire semester to black history in U.S. history classes. And to Naomi, it's almost always a misrepresentation. It's responsibility to not ignore a huge part of our history um, and only show kind of the bad things. If Africa is taught, it's taught from the perspective of European colonizers. And if slavery is taught, it's also taught from the perspective of colonizers and, and the slave masters. Micah Harris, who's 15 and was also in Hampton, says he wants to learn about black history in its entirety. Okay, when you look back on your history, right, yeah. People say you learn from your history, and if you don't know it, you're doomed to repeat it. So if you teach it, I feel like we could all come to a understanding, and I feel like the world will just be better at knowing our history. While visiting Hampton, 21-year-old Natasha Porter says it was booth displays and the youth festival that enhanced her understanding of the first slaves and their descendants and emphasized how important representation is. It's so important because... Without that representation, you're allowing everyone else to feed you a narrative that isn't really yours. And since Natasha's trip to Hampton, she feels her narrative is clearly defined. She says her plans are to fill the minds of the next generation with black history stories of triumph and freedom, not only the dark past. Anthony Ross is the director of the St. Louis chapter of Remember the 400. 
He says now that he's made his way back home, he is even more eager to start the implementation of recognizing black history in St. Louis. What happened isn't so long ago and that we still have a long road to get through. For as much as the beginning of that history was in Virginia, right here in St. Louis, so much of that history still exists. The group has been invited to the Missouri State Capitol by State Senator Brian Williams of Ferguson, and they plan to speak to lawmakers about expanding African-American history education in the St. Louis region. Here's Sarah again. Our children don't know who they are. Our adults don't even know who they are. How are you going to move forward as a people if no one knows where we come from? We need to do something. Like Change needs to happen, and if it's going to happen, it has to start now. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. If you're on Twitter, find me at Wayne Radio. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.